Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner and my friends, today we're going to continue the teaching series Unstoppable with Denise. It is so powerful. She's teaching from her brand new book, which is called Unstoppable, which comes with an accompanying series. You can order these by going online right now or by giving us a call. But this teaching is really life transforming. So let's join Denise as she continues to teach us how to be an unstoppable force. My name is Denise Renner, and I'm so glad that you're with me today. And I'm so grateful to my husband that he would give me this honor to be on his program. So I've been talking to you this week about being unstoppable. And I think, friend, that if there was a time for us to be committed and looking forward and not looking to the left or looking to the right, but keep looking forward. It is now. It's time for us to be unstoppable. How many times a day can you have a thought that might steal something from you or question you or, or maybe, maybe I'm not good enough or maybe I shouldn't have done that. How many times do we have those kind of thoughts and they keep pressing on us, this pressure of the world that you're not performing the way that you should? You know, I've been studying a lot about God's grace and I've been understanding that I was saved by his grace. He keeps me by his grace. I'm going to heaven by his grace. Does he want me to grow as a Christian? Does he want me to turn away from sin? Does he want me to live a righteous life? Yes, absolutely. He does. I want to, you know why? Because the Bible says that the very seed of God is inside of you. That's why you don't want to sin. That's one reason that we feel like, Oh father, I, I done it wrong. Lord, forgive me because of the seed of God that's inside of you, the word of God that came inside of you and caused you to be a brand new person. That was the seed of God and that the Bible says, that's why we don't want to sin. But this grace of God, it's, it's not about performance. He's already done so much on the inside of us and we need to recognize what he's done on the inside of us. On Monday's program, I talked to you about recognizing from Ephesians chapter four, verse 16, that you are a joint, you're a vital joint and you have a supply and we cannot let the enemy stop us or squash our supply. And then yesterday I spoke to you about another thing that would try to stop us and that would be unforgiveness or bitterness or resentment that has the power to stop us right in the middle of the race. And as we spoke yesterday, I was in that prison and I had somebody else in a prison too. But when the word began to shape up in my heart, take shape in my heart, I forgave that person 
and I was free from my prison and I set that person free from their prison. And today I want to talk to you about another thing that can stop you in your race. And that is, that is negative opinions of others. Negative opinions of others. They come to all of us. I'm thinking about Jesus right now. If Jesus had paid attention to all the opinions about him, in John, John chapter 7, there's so many opinions about Jesus. Somebody says he's a devil. Somebody says uh, that he deceives the people. Another person says he's good. Another person says, I believe in him. Another person says, well, how can he be so smart? I didn't know he studied. Why hasn't he already been arrested? I mean, it goes on and on and on. Opinions, opinions, and that's all they are. They're opinions of other people. doesn't mean they're the truth. It just means it's their opinion. You know, those people, they go home with their opinion. But you and I, we have a race to run. And I want to talk to you about an amazing person who had some opinions to overcome, negative opinions. And I'm so thankful he did because if he didn't, if he didn't ignore the first opinion, the second opinion, the third opinion, we wouldn't have this story in the Bible. And I'm talking to you about David overcoming the giant. So in 1 Samuel chapter 17, it starts with verse 28. So what has happened is that uh, David's father, Jesse, has asked David to uh, leave his sheep with somebody else and to bring some food to his brothers because they're on the battlefield. David gets to the battlefield. He sees that all these Israelites are terrified of this giant that the Philistines have who has been defying the armies of the living God for 40 days. The Bible says that they were terrified of Goliath. Well, David gets there. He sees what's going on. He sees the terror in all these Israelites. He, he gives the food and he starts asking questions. And he says, what would happen to the person who, who takes that giant down? So they tell him what would happen. They say, you're going to, the person marries the king's daughter. You don't have to pay taxes anymore in your life and you get great riches. David thinks, wow, this is a great reward. And David is asking his people about this and his oldest brother, that's where we are in verse 28. His oldest brother says, <coughs> now Eliab, his oldest brother, in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, heard when he spoke to the men and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and insolence of your heart and you have come down to see the battle. 
this older brother and anyone like older brother, they are held in high esteem. They have great authority, especially over a little brother. And here he comes with his insulting ridicule of David. And it's his opinion about David. But what does David do? David doesn't, let's see what David does. Look at verse 29. And David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? And David is like, uh, why are you saying this? Shouldn't somebody go and kill that giant? And look at verse 30. Then he turned. I love that. He turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. David didn't argue with Eliab about his negative opinion. David didn't defend himself about this negative opinion that, and ridicule that was coming towards him. David didn't say, oh, I shouldn't have come out here. I mean, I should have stayed with the sheep. Why did I open my mouth? Nobody's for me. Everybody's against me. My older brother just now put me down. What am I thinking? Forget the giant. I'm going home. David didn't say that. David didn't say anything. It says he turned. He did not answer his accuser. He did not answer the negative opinion. He did not answer the ridicule. He just turned and asked the same question again. If David had not turned from that opinion, we wouldn't be reading this story in the Bible. Whose opinion do you need to turn from? You don't need to, uh, you don't need to defend yourself. You don't need to argue with them. You just need to turn and go do what God told you to do. That's powerful. That wasn't the only opinion that David had to come against. He had to come against another opinion, which was even a higher authority. In fact, it was the highest authority in the land. It was the authority of King Saul. Look in verse 33. It says, And Saul said to David, You're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. This king, he wasn't supporting David. He absolutely told David, you can't do it. Have you ever had somebody say to you, you can't do that. You're not equipped for that. You tried that last time and you failed. You'll probably fail this time too. Oh, you tried that diet before and you failed. You'll probably fail again. 
Or maybe it's not somebody telling you that you're going to fail. Maybe it's your own mind telling you that you're going to fail. It's your own negative opinion of yourself. Maybe you don't need a negative opinion of somebody else. But David, he had already resisted, turned from the opinion of Eliab, his older brother, oldest brother. And now King Saul absolutely tells him to his face, you are not able to do this. Well, it was time for David not to argue with Saul, but to speak up and listen to what David says. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it with its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. David said to King Saul, he said, King Saul, I respect you, but I have experience. I have already conquered a lion and a bear. And because I was so successful in that, I am going to go conquer that uncircumcised Philistine. I'm going to take him down, Saul. David spoke with such authority, such confidence, that it says that King Saul tried to put his own armor on David. David said, no, I don't need that armor. I just need to use what I have, which is my sling, and I've got a great rock here with me. And David went out to face that giant. Friend, I want to encourage you. It's good to remember. It's good to remember. Remember what God's done in the past. Romans chapter 5 verse 4 says that hope makes experience. If you have experience with God that he did something before. Maybe he healed your body. Maybe he uh, provided finances for you when you're in a desperate situation. Maybe he gave peace to your mind. Maybe he delivered a friend from alcohol or drugs and you've seen what God can do. Well, he's the same God today as he was then. And the Bible says in Hebrews that he is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He's not changing. So if, he's if he was able to deliver you then, he's able to deliver you now. And that's what David was saying to King Saul. King Saul, I respect you, but I have experience. I defeated and struck down and killed a lion and a bear. And I can do this too. It just makes you want to hold your head up and push your shoulders back to recognize what God has done for you in the past. Don't forget it. Remember it. Let your memories speak to you 
about the faithfulness of God. So that's what David was doing. And that's how he overcame that second, a powerful negative opinion. But he had another opinion to conquer. And that is in verse 43 and 44. And this opinion is from the giant himself. And he said, so the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beast of the field. So this is the giant's opinion. But look what David says. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Verse 46, this day, now David starts telling what's going to happen. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcasses of, of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beast of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. David's got something behind him so much more powerful than all the negative opinions he's already heard. The negative opinion of his oldest brother, the negative opinion of Saul, now the negative opinion of this giant. He's got the Lord of hosts. That's who he's recognizing. God's opinion. I'm asking you, friend, have you been affected by other people's negative opinions? Well, to be honest with you, I have. I actually quit what I was doing because of someone who was of high esteem in my life and the authority and because of their opinion, because they wouldn't be my cheerleader, I quit doing what I was doing. You know who lost out in that? Not only me, but the people that I could have given my supply to. I listened to somebody's negative opinion. Have you listened to somebody's negative opinion? Did you ever stop doing what you were doing? You knew God called you to do it, but you stopped because of someone's opinion. Or maybe you even got offended because of that person's opinion. And maybe that stopped you. But I'm telling you, friend, it's a time for us to be unstoppable and pass through the negative opinions because they're going to come. They came to Jesus. What did Jesus do? He just completely ignored them. He just completely ignored them. What did David do? It says that David turned when Eliab insulted him, ridiculed him, and accused him. What did David do when Saul brought his negative opinion? 
he spoke to him and he remembered what God had done in the past. And what did he do when he looked at that giant? He said, I'm going to take you down. When he said, I'm going to take you down, David was saying yes to the power of God. Friend, it takes the power of God. We are great partners with the power of God. You and the power of God. You and the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You and the resurrection power of Jesus on the inside of you. He is a great partner. And when we say yes to that partner, when we say yes, I'm not going to listen to the negative opinions of this person or that opinion or that person or even my own opinions. And I am going to recognize you and I'm going to give what I have to give. Then we join up with the powerful Holy Spirit and we have his power, his agreement to give out that supply. Oh, you are vital. The Bible says you're a joint, a vital joint, and you have a supply to give to others. And God put it in you before, before you were even born. He put that supply on the inside of you. And it's not to just sit there, but it's for us to agree with it stir it up, and give it out to others. I hope you've been encouraged today to refuse these negative opinions. It's encouraged me. We need to listen to the Word of God and what the Spirit of God is saying in our heart and not the negative opinions of others. That's what Jesus did. Jesus knew what the Father was saying and when all those people had their opinions, you're a devil. Oh, you're good. Oh, you deceive the people. He didn't listen to their opinions. He listened to the one on the inside of him. Isn't that powerful? Well, I want you to stay with me, and I'm going to pray for you. Are you tired of getting stopped by the negative voices and opinions that seem to paralyze you along the way? Fear, offense, and negative opinions can have a stifling effect on your life. It's time for you to push them out of the way and become unstoppable. In Denise Renner's new five-part series, Unstoppable, she opens up and shares how she overcame profound negativity in her own mind so she could do what God wanted her to do with her life. As only Denise can do, she talks about the lies the devil spoke to her mind and emotions and what she had to do to uproot, silence, and become absolutely free from those lies. In this empowering series, Denise reveals how to identify the mental lies that are trying to emotionally control you, how to shut your ears to voices of negativity that have dominated you too long, how to embrace freedom 
freedom and really begin to step forward to be the free person Jesus Christ wants you to be. This five-part series is available in digital or physical format starting at just $10. We're also offering you Denise's 208-page book, Unstoppable. Rick says, Denise bears her heart and soul on paper and shows every reader how to walk out of an emotional prison into complete freedom to become unstoppable in life. This powerful, life-changing book is available for $20. Don't delay ordering Denise's five-part series, Unstoppable, and her book, Unstoppable. These two resources have the power to alter the course of your life. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. This is Rick Renner and my friends right now, we're in the very middle of our ministry expansion project. It's three phases. Phase one was building the new studio in Moscow. You helped us do that. Thank you. Phase two was finishing the interior of the studio. You helped us do that. Thank you. Now we're in phase three, which is retiring the debt on the ministry headquarters in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our ministry has never had debt. The reason we've been able to do what we've done is because we've never had to service debt. When we built our building in Riga, we did it cash. When we built the building in Moscow, it is amazing that we were able to do it with cash. And now we want to retire the debt on the Tulsa headquarters building so we can liberate all that money to really take the teaching of the Bible around the world. You know, it's never about buildings. It's about having an anchor where the Word of God can go forth. And in that Tulsa facility, we're taking calls from people who are literally calling us from all over the world. And from that facility, we're producing TV programs, social media, we're fulfilling orders for books and giving away thousands and thousands of different resources to people who are reaching out to us because they believe that we provide teaching they can trust. And it's very important that we retire that debt as quick as possible because it will liberate funds for the preaching of the word to the ends of the earth. And that is what we're called to do. And today I want to ask you to please continue to be a part of our giving team so we can retire the debt on the Tulsa building and then we'll be finished with the ministry expansion project. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for becoming a part of the giving team. hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. One thing for sure, I mean, I'm not doing it perfectly, but I want to be unstoppable. And that's why I wrote my book. I wrote it because I want to encourage you, but you know what? I wrote it to encourage my own heart, to not let negative opinions of others, my own negative opinion of myself sometimes, or unforgiveness or fear of man, stop me and giving out what God has put inside of me. And friend, you've got something vital on the inside of you that somebody is waiting to receive from you, from your unique individual created by God supply that's on the inside of you. I want you to have my book, Unstoppable. It comes in different forms. Here's a study guide if you want to, you know, study it by yourself or teach a Bible study and also in audio and video. I want you to have it. And now I want to pray for you. 
Father, I thank you for this time that I had with my friends right now and what you're doing inside of their hearts, inside of my heart, that we become more and more and more committed to what it is you've called us to do and that we refuse to be stopped. We refuse to let unforgiveness stop us. We refuse to let other people's negative opinions stop us. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we agree with the power of the Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, please let us know how we can pray for you. We're there to agree with you. Thank you for having this time with me, and I'll see you on the next program. Thank you.